Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, you know me from covering the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do, too. Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This, this is, is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. The axe has fallen. Step one. Step one has taken place today. Dave Island, Chuck Hernandez, bullpen coach. Out of here. They're gone. They're finished. Replaced by Phil Regan as a pitching coach. Ricky Bonus comes back as the bullpen coach. And they added another position. And the name escapes me. It's a pitching strategist job. What it, it is, it's not defined yet. Could be a liaison between the field staff and the front office, but it's a younger guy, a cardio, I believe his name is. Uh, Let me see if I can look it up. But the Mets have made a major move and one that had to be made. A little shocking uh, with Phil Regan that came out of the dock, but Phil Regan... Is a baseball lifer. Yes, I know. He's 82 years old. And let me tell you something. It was disgusting to listen to the radio, sports radio, and hear all these people, including the great uh, the, the sports pope there, Francesa, pontificate about how this guy is so old and making jokes about it's going to take him long to get out to the mound because he's 82. This is not an 82-year-old guy with a walker. This guy throws batting practice. This guy is probably in better shape. In fact, I know he's in better shape than Mike Francesa. And half of these people calling in and making these jokes about, oh, he taught the Ming Dynasty, he had to throw a curveball. You know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a-holes. You're morons. And not to mention... You know, the age discrimination that these people are are talking about. We got rid of an older manager. How's that working out? We brought in a young GM. How's that working out? So, you know, don't tell me that this guy can't communicate. He had these kids, a lot of them, in lower ball. He knows this pitching staff. He's been with this organization for years. 
He's been in spring training for years. He knows every. He's forgotten more baseball than Mike Francesa and half of these callers ever will learn. Is he the answer? I don't know. But that's why he's interim. He doesn't want a full-time job. They wanted somebody to bring in here. And he's a loyal organization, lifetime baseball guy. He's seen it all. He's managed on all kinds of levels. He's managed in the minors. He's managed in the majors. He's managed in the winter leagues. He's coached in the majors and the winter leagues and the minors. He's been a coordinator of minor league pitching. He's been a scout. He's done it all. He knows a lot. And he's worked with a lot of these guys. And that's why they one of the reasons they brought him in. He knows all of these guys. It's not like he's coming into a fresh slate, meeting guys that he doesn't know and he's got to learn all about them. He knows them all. He's handled them all at one point. So to make the statement, oh, he's an old man and, uh, you know, uh, he don't know how to handle, how's he going to handle these young players? (laughs) He knows how to do it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Jeremy Accardo, that's the other guy. He was the bullpen coach for the Syracuse Mets. He is now going to be the pitching strategist, whatever that is. Uh, he, he, he could end up being the next pitching coach. Maybe they felt he needed a little bit more seasoning, or maybe they felt this is a better position for him. We'll see. Ricky Bonus, he knows these guys. He, he, he had this bullpen. He knows how to run a bullpen. He's been around. And, and of course, uh, as I said, Phil Regan. But it was really disgusting to hear these people on the radio to, you know, to, uh, to kill this guy already and make jokes about his age. Now, what will Jeremy Accardo do? We don't know. He's a former major league pitcher. He served as a Mets mining league pitching coordinator. Uh, He was the Vegas 51's bullpen coach last year, and I think this year he was was either in Syracuse or he was the Mets minor league pitching coordinator, and he may have been in Syracuse uh, in that capacity. But... um, uh, maybe they didn't feel he was ready yet. He has a seven-year-old daughter that was recently diagnosed with cancer. Maybe they thought it would be too much to uh, give him the full-time job now 
and uh, while he's dealing with this and and um who knows what the reason he is the thing is that Phil Regan is the pitching coach of the New York Mets on an interim basis right now so deal with it so what what went on this week well unless you live in a bubble and do not get cable or the internet you would know that the Mets lost three out of four with another despicable performance by the bullpen over the weekend and then dropped two out of three in Atlanta. And I think it's clear from the Atlanta series that this team is not competitive enough with a team of that level. Yes, they won a game. But you could see how Atlanta does certain things the Mets can't do. And it's it's in the construction of the team. A lot of the runs lately have been scored by home runs. Well, that's good and it's bad because if you don't hit home runs, you don't score runs. And that's what happened last year. You need a better all-around setup, which they were getting early in the year, which seems to have escaped them of late. So we asked the question, are they going to be buyers or sellers? And uh, got some interesting responses. Um I would say the majority of people that responded agree with me that they have to that they're sellers. They're gonna be sellers. That there's no sense of what's going on to keep this uh, lunacy going on. You move what you can and try to rebuild. And if it's done well, teams can rebuild quicker than you think. Look at the Braves. The Braves didn't take them that long. A couple of years. But it's got to be done right. It's got to be built. Your team's got to be built through the minors. And it's got to be built with some speed. It's got to be built with some power. It's got to be built with some pitching. I think the Mets' problem is they try to build with pitching all of the time. And it doesn't always work. It just doesn't. I can't tell you why. I don't know why. But uh, but we heard from Elijah in Florida. And uh, I'm not going to read it this week uh, because I've got another email that's quite long. I don't want to bore everybody. But he's coming out on the spot of that uh, they really need to be sellers. Can't see how they can squeeze out a playoff spot, and I happen to agree. And uh, he seems to think that they have to trade Syndergaard, Wheeler, Lugo, and Rosario. 
You know what? I'm not totally against that. I would throw in Diaz, too. If you can move Diaz, fine, move him. If you can move Cano, even better. Uh, and Lugo, uh, too. I'd like to keep Lugo. You see, I don't think... I think you can rebuild quick enough if you make the smart moves. There is, There are pieces here. Let's not forget that. We're not totally without pieces. It's just not all put together right. So what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, you got Alonzo in the infield. You build around a guy like that. You got Conforto in the outfield. You can build around a guy like that. If you want to keep Rosario, that's fine. I, I think Rosario is going to be a chip anyway because I, I think you've got replacements. I mean, Ruben Tejada is is hot. He's hitting like crazy down at AAA. So, and we know he can field the position. So maybe you go with him. Um, it's not like it would be that awful. Andres Jimenez is at at. Uh, uh, Binghamton, and he's he's going to be good. He's supposed to be very good with the glove. Haven't seen much of him yet, unfortunately, uh, but uh, he's supposed to be good. So there's two guys right there. Lower minors, they've got shortstops that are awesome and, and ranked very high. So, you know, they may may not work out, but I'm, I'm saying they're there. Um, so Rosario is expendable, I think. Canoe's de- canoe. Cano is definitely expendable. You put McNeil at second and you're set. Bingo, bango. And, uh, and you look, I like Dominic Smith. You put him in the outfield, let him work. Maybe he can develop into a better outfielder. So there are your pieces. That's what you build around. You have to get either a center fielder or a left fielder with a big bat to complement Alonzo and, and to cover him and Conforto in the lineup. Or you go the opposite direction. You get a speedster that hits for a high average for center field. You've got Smith, Conforto, and a speedster in the outfield. Good defense. And a new dimension. Need somebody at third that can be more consistent than Frazier and J.D. Davis. There's too many guys that have the same position. Why did we sign Jed Lowry? We don't need him. Why did we trade for Cano? We don't need him. What we needed was a young outfielder in the minors to come up. And we traded him away for a broken down old Yankee second baseman. And 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 Diaz. Mel Rojas reborn.
See, that's where our mistake is. We needed to keep that young outfielder that could hit. Could you imagine a year or two with Conforto and Kellenick in the same outfield? We miss Brandon Nimmo in this outfield. Because he knew how to get on. And I know he got off to a terrible start, but I believe he was hurt. I believe Familia was hurt in spring training and never told anybody. That's what we need. Reliable, good people. All right, let's take a break. I think I may have a microphone issue here. Might have to switch a battery. Uh, Let's take a break, and we'll be back after. Let me find it now. Back after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of The Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSportsTopAutomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show, and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and uh, drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings. of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. 
And thank you, Ron, so much. And uh, really enjoyed my interview with Ron Swoboda. And if you happen to miss it, it's available at MetsMusings.com. Go check it out. The video or the audio version, both of them are on the site. Go check it out and uh, listen to that interview. It was really entertaining. And you can also catch the interviews with Ron Darling and Art Chamsky and uh, Tim Healy and Ken Davidoff. Uh, all of these or all the episodes are, are available there on the website. So uh, please go check it out and check out our YouTube channel and leave a subscription. And if you will, please go check out my other YouTube channel, Talking Golf with Gary. You golfers out there, there's got to be Met fans that are golfers, don't they? I can't be the only one. I hope you go check out Talking Golf with Gary at TalkingGolfWithGary.com. And check out my golf podcast as well. Have some great guests over there as well. I interviewed Retief Goosen and uh, Cindy Miller and Dennis Walters, two uh, Hall of Famers there. Retief Goosen and Dennis Walters just got into the, the uh, Golf Hall of Fame. So, uh, World Golf Hall of Fame. So, please go check that out and uh, leave a subscription on my YouTube channel too. If you will, please subscribe. It helps us immensely. All right, you know, the other night I was thinking of this. Last night, as a matter of fact, that um, also got an email. What brought it up was got an email from Jeff on Long Island, and and Jeff uh, said uh, sent me a non rant rant, and <laughs> Jeff's had it up here with with Familia wants him to go. Can we send him down, Jeff? I don't know. Interesting question, though. Can he go down to the minors? Well, he's hurt now, so it really does kind of a moot question at this point. Um, but it got me to thinking. Uh, uh, Diaz is terribly mentioned, and he wants Mickey Callaway's head on a silver platter. I think he'll take a bronze platter or, or anything at this point, but uh, even an aluminum platter, I think. Uh, but uh, Jeff, thanks so much. You, you, you keep me going. And keep my spirits going. Um, but um, I was thinking that um, I was wondering how how much of this pitching could be from the change in the catching staff, complete change. I mean, last year we had Plawecki was still here, and that was a bridge. Uh, this year we have Nito, who who has experience with these guys, but Ramos came in cold from the outside. Um, and you just have to wonder that uh, maybe it's got something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe they don't like the way the games are being called now, the, the pitchers. Targets, who knows, anything. I know sometimes catching can help. A team or can hurt a team um, so I don't know what the deal is there uh, I know they have a bunch of prospects I don't know what the future holds with them for catching catching seems to be there aren't really a lot of dominant catchers anymore around the league uh maybe the guy in Washington or I mean Philly that's about it um you don't hear a lot about other guys uh, dominating like they used like you know bench and you had bench and Grody playing in roughly at the same time and uh, and yeah had Munson and and um, 
Um, geez, uh, my mind is going. Oh, what the uh, uh, Colin Fisk? This guy couldn't remember Fisk. <laughs> and there was a couple other guys at around that time, and um, you know, you just wonder if that's got any effect at all on the bullpen, on the pitches, on the starting pitches, because it's just a. a too big of a collapse to wonder otherwise. Um, but who knows? All right. Uh, we've got, uh, but I was, that was bugging me the other day because you did have Plowecki and Darno here, and you know Darno was not here last year. You still had Plowecki, and these guys had grown with Plowecki, and now Plowecki is gone, and Darno is gone, and um, you, you had Nito there, but. I you know um I think Nito maybe's got to play a little more and let's see if he'll hit a little bit better who knows um I don't know I I but I think this team has to be sellers at the trading deadline and we'll talk about that till we're blue in the face till the trading deadline comes but um it's time to move some of these guys uh this stretch of games is going to, and I know I goofed up the teams last week. This stretch of games is going to be very important. Played the Cardinals, didn't do good. Played the Braves, didn't fare well. Um, four games starting tonight with the Cubbies. Then they come home for the Braves, I think. I do not have a schedule in front of me. I have to get one in front of me. Um and then they play the Yankees again, and it's just not getting. And the Phillies are in there. Um, it's 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 a tough road. It's a tough road, and they don't look like they're ready to start that journey. And we will know more after that road, because I think it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a really bumpy ride unless something, uh, you know, unless Phil Regan can notice something to get these relief pitchers, uh, maybe spot something that they're doing, um, spot something that the starters are doing, and, um, uh, you know, maybe uh, the way they've been being prepared wasn't right, and Ricky Bonez can prepare them better in the bullpen. Uh, it, it's all remains to be seen. But if if something doesn't uh, doesn't change, it's it's not gonna it's gonna be a short uh, short season, and and uh, really we're gonna talk more about trading anything than anything else. All right, we've got a uh, voicemail from our good friend Mike, the old grubby glove. Uh, and he's uh, coming all the way from San Francisco, and he's got a he's got a, a voicemail for us that we're going to play right now. Hey, Gary, and uh, fellow listeners, it's uh, Michael out here in San Francisco. I'm uh, checking in. I am totally enjoying the show this year, every year, of course. I'm loving the interviews. We'll try to get uh, get my hands on the books. I think our uh, San Francisco Public Library will will have them, uh, most of them. Uh, I want to tell you, Gary, I uh, really do enjoy the format right now. I especially uh, like the opening monologue, 
um, and I don't want to lose that. Uh, the direction that the show uh, went, as long as you uh, brought it up in a podcast a couple of uh, editions ago, um, I don't really care that much about the uh, team that's coming up. I'm more interested in our team and, uh, you know, goings on with, uh, with our guys. Um, so, uh, but if you talk to podcasters or bloggers from other teams, you know, I suppose that's okay too, but I'd like the emphasis on, uh, on our messies who are trying my patience. Win one, lose one. Win two, lose two. Do something good, then do something stupid. And the bullpen. Oy vey. Um, I don't know. On the philosophical front, why do we like stay? <laughs> why are we Mets fans? Why do we get behind the most neurotic team in all of professional sports? Um, I ask myself that. Yet I have to tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, you know, maybe I should maybe I should examine myself. But uh, but I'm a Met. It's too late now. So I'm keeping the faith. And I'm staying optimistic. Let's go Mets. And thank you, Mike, uh, from San Francisco, the old grubby glove. Thanks so much, Mike, for checking in. Um, <laughs> why do we? I don't know. I think it's just uh, ingrained in us now at this point that uh, we're, we're Met fans and there's nothing, uh, you know, it's, it's, very easy for people to change teams. I mean, you can you can uh, you can see why, <laughs> but um, to stick with a team through everything is even tougher to do. And I think that's more of a sports fan than anything else. I you know, let's be honest. Do we? Um, we all get frustrated. We all uh, don't watch games for a while, maybe. I've skipped a couple of the games because uh, I follow on the radio or I follow on the, the phone, I should say, um, because it's frustrating. Uh, but, you know, I think that's called being a human being. So... Uh, it is what it is. We do the best we can. I actually considered stopping doing the podcast because I was getting frustrated and I didn't want to be negative every week. I didn't want to come on here and rant. Uh, but people talk me out of it. so That's uh, <laughs> partially, I guess, one of the reasons he was talking about with the uh, the format and was considering a format change just to... Uh, doing interviews but let me tell you it's tough doing it I mean, it's tough getting those interviews sometimes it's, you got to work at that and uh so um but it is what it is we are met fans and that's it and uh the bullpen i think you summed it up best oy vey that that's it you know they are a uh disgrace right now they should be ashamed of themselves and uh man it's 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 uh, it's tough it really is tough 
But let's take, but I want to thank you, Mike, for calling in anyway. Yeah, hang in there. Try to stay optimistic and keep the faith. And um, we'll be back after this. These little messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And you know that sound is called down on the farm, and we're going to do things a little differently this year. We're going to just try to give you some uh, highlights. Actually, I was thinking of really doing a Cyclones report here. The Brooklyn Cyclones started their season, and um, we I used to do a podcast called Cyclones Fevercast, but uh, really uh, just became too difficult, and to be honest, the, the audience wasn't there for that, but... I thought of doing it here, being that they're closer to us and and all of that. But um, we'll continue with doing Down on the Farm with some news from the farm. And, uh, you know, so you know what's going on. Pitcher Tony DeBrell continues his strong season for St. Lucie. He's off to a really good start. And uh, look at this. Ruben Tejada hit for the cycle the other night. Hit for the cycle and went last night for AAA Syracuse. He's 29-year-old. He said uh, he spent the first six years with the Mets, and now he's back again and uh, hit for the cycle. So, you know, maybe you could you could uh, you could move. Uh, you know, you can move Rosario. Who knows? You got Ruben Tejada. To bring back, <laughs> wouldn't that be ironic, huh? Uh, anyway, uh, other guys look. Uh, as I said, the Cyclones are off to a, a terrific, and uh, they're four and two going into tonight's game, and they played very well so far. Uh, Nathan Jones, one of the top pitches that uh, the uh, Mets recently drafted and uh, struck out five in his Cyclones debut. Um, they were good. And he only waited like three days uh, of the season before he got to pitch. Sometimes when they come, you know, they draft these guys and they come to Brooklyn and they got to sit for a week or two. I don't know why. It's just the way they do things. Um, they got him in right away, though, and uh, he pitched two strong innings in his first outing. He struck out five and allowed just one walk 
as the uh, Cyclones beat the Aberdeen Ironbirds 4-1. to one. And uh, as I said, the, uh, the Cyclones are off to a nice start. They are on their first road trip to uh, Lowell, who they uh, beat the other night, and they lost last night to them. Don't know what the score is tonight so far, um, but uh, playing a Lowell spinner, so, you know, come on, Cyclones. And, and like I said, uh, some other prospects throughout the minor leagues are uh, starting. Um, let's see. Syracuse starter Chris Mazza was named the International League Pitcher of the Week for the week ending on June 16th. This is the second time Mazza has earned this award. and his third time in his minor league career. He has been named as the pitcher of the week. Um, so uh, I wonder why or when we're going to see him for that matter. Uh, I guess they feel he needs some more seasoning. Keeps pitching like this, though. He's going to be knocking on the door, so. Uh, you know, he shut down the Gwinnett Stripers, who was second in the league in, in the homers and third in hits and runs, and shut them out for eight innings. He struck out eight, allowed just two hits with those hits being a soft liner and an infield single. Overall, only three batters reached base safely with only one of them getting into scoring position. He has pitched well, Mazza has, since his promotion at AAA. In three of his five starts, he has allowed one run or fewer and has quality starts in four of those five starts. During this impressive stretch, he has a 2.53 ERA. So uh, keep your eye on Chris Masser, Week Mazzer. We could see him by the end of the year. Who knows if they trade, uh, you know, if you move uh, a Syndergaard or a Wheeler, you got to bring up somebody. Anthony Kay was moved up to uh, AAA Syracuse. He struggled in his first couple of outings. He's getting his. That's, that's the best way to put it right now. He's getting his feet and uh, he's finding his. Uh, from him very, very soon. Uh, and that's with the uh, uh, down on the form. I, I really didn't prepare that well, and I do apologize. Next week we'll work on it a little more. It's a very busy week, and then with the news with Phil Regan and, and the firing of Dave Island, uh, it just skipped me, but I wanted to get it in there. Because I thought it was important. All right. Uh, so, this is what we got. We got a new pitching coach. How long do we have before a new manager? I don't think it's going to be long. Usually, they do the pitching coach first. You're not going to fire the hitting coach because they've been pretty well hitting. Uh, and they just hired him this year. Island had to go. Um I'm not upset about it at all. I don't know if anybody else is out there. It doesn't bother me at all. I thought he had to go. I thought you had to do something to shake this team up. He came in so highly uh, touted that the only that's why you had to get rid of him. Because they are so bad that uh, 
a message had to be set somewhere along the line. The bullpen coach, I'm a little surprised at. Uh, but it could be a telltale thing that they didn't feel the bullpen was was ready. The guys were not ready when they came into a game or something. Something something happened there that the bullpen coach went. Maybe we'll know the story sometime. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but that's the interesting thing to uh, look into from my point of view. I don't know if anybody else thinks it's interesting, but I think it's interesting that the bullpen coach was fired as well as the pitching coach. And it's the bullpen that's so terrible. Maybe it's just unlucky, you know? <laughs> Maybe they just said the bullpen stinks and we'll get rid of the bullpen coach as well. I don't know. But uh, they're both gone now. So, adios. Um, I think Mickey Callaway is not far behind unless they can turn it around, unless Phil Regan can work some sort of magic. You know, and don't forget, Van Wagenen does not have any loyalty to these guys. He didn't hire them. These were Alderson hired them. Alderson hired... uh, Callaway, he hired Island, and he hired De Sarcina, and uh, we've already gotten rid of a hitting coach last year over the after last season. Uh, Van Wagenen brought in Chili Davis, so he ain't going anywhere. <clears throat> now he's brought in Phil Regan and uh, Jeremy Accardo. And uh, so we'll see. what What is the connection there? I don't know. Uh, and Ricky Bonas he brought back. So um, interesting to see. Like I said, he doesn't have any loyalty to these guys. He's, he's saying all the right stuff, but he really does not have. Uh, it's not his guys. He can always argue to management. So uh, we'll see what happens from here on in, whether or not Callaway survives the year. I don't think he makes the all-star break personally, but you never know. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you listen or watch the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and expand to new listeners. And until next time, remember, boy, it's tough. (laughs) I keep saying this every week, folks, but it is tough. Keep the faith. Try to be optimistic. And let's go, Mets. See you next time on another episode of Mets Musings.